You're entering the Side Mission Podcast. Three friends that love gaming and love experiencing original content and old school classics give their thoughts on the latest releases and newest topics in the gaming industry. Power up and let's get started. Welcome in everyone to the newest episode of Side Mission. Like always, I'm the host, the captain of the ship, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle Lynch, Matt Beck. And today, it's a special episode. We've got a special guest with us, Daniel Piedra, the Legend of Zelda fan himself. Daniel, uh, we're glad we can have you on the show, brother. Hey, it's, uh, it's good to be here, actually. At 1 a.m., yeah, right? About the <laughs> At 1 a.m. in the morning, he joins us from from where exactly? Where are you? By Ryan, I still don't really know how to pronounce. I've been over here like oh, about a year and a half, and I still don't know. You're really far away. That's the important part. But yes. still, we're gonna we're gonna have a fun episode. Hopefully, it's not you know too early in the morning there for anybody in case you interrupt anybody. But we'll be all good. So we're gonna talk about a game today that I don't think at the beginning of the year, even when this game got announced, I don't think that we would call this. I didn't think we'd call this one of the more controversial games of 2021. Uh, but a week after uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD's release, uh, I think we can safely call it that. It's a, it's a fairly controversial release for multiple reasons, but we'll go ahead and we'll get into some we'll get into some positives first. So, Daniel, you're the real big Legend of Zelda fan here, and I know that obviously Kyle and Matt have their own experience with the game. I've never actually finished a Legend of Zelda game, so I'm the one with the least amount of experience. Um, tell me, before this game was released, what were what were your thoughts on Skyward Sword as a game before the HD uh, remaster, remake, whatever it's called? What were your thoughts on it uh, when it was first announced? When it was first announced, uh, I'm not going to lie, it kind of threw me off because I feel like a lot of people were you know, mainly excited for uh, Zelda's uh, anniversary. Seeing as how it was like a follow-up just to Mario having this big, huge, um, you know, 35th anniversary or whatever. And he got his whole entire 3D collection. Zelda there just kind of like, ah, uh, Skyward Sword, here you go. <laughs> right back on the Switch. And uh, I think a lot of people really wanted to see, you know, stuff like Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Uh, or just like the Return of Twilight Princess or and Wind Waker. But um, with Skyward Sword, I know this was a... So I played like a little bit of it back then. So I know even back when it was first released on the Wii, it was kind of already eh, like it was an alright game. It, it, it was it was a good game for like you know the visuals and the style of it and just like the story of it and whatnot. But the controls it threw a lot of people off. Though like everything was motion controlled, <laughs> and I and I feel like. Um, they kept through to that, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> but I don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, so I, I played through a good bit of it, and I I'm, I, put, I put my time into it. I put I put several hours already into the game, and um, it, I'm not gonna lie, it, it's kind of it's kind of a little hard for me to like push to keep pushing through and see where I'm like kind of comfortable on the control scheme of the game. Because on one hand, you have uh, the motion controls, and then you have just the strictly button controls. And both have their pros, pros and cons, but, but man, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty heavy. It's like a, you're, you have to sacrifice one or the other. Uh, when I mean by that, like, you know, button-wise, if you're going to play like in handheld, uh, handheld mode, uh, you're going to have to sacrifice using that camera. <laughs> and the, the free motion of that 
really messes you up in a 3D uh, 3D world game of Zelda. And moving around the camera, you know, I'm sure, like, you know, after going from playing, like, Breath of the Wild or something like that, where it's just easy to use, holding the, the left bumper and, and using the right stick just to move the camera while you're moving around is pretty uncomfortable. It's even more, made worse if you have the sprint. Now, when you go to motion controls, yeah, it, it's a lot better to use the, the, the camera, but the motion <laughs> controls do not translate that well <laughs> to anything. You, the game specifically wants you to be perfect in this whole, like, you know, the way you're swiping your sword and bringing up your shield. But sometimes it just does not want to work. <laughs> facts. <laughs> like, big facts there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's like I, I, I go to swipe one way and it just does not register like that. Or he, <laughs> Link just starts, like, flailing his, his arm around. <laughs> and, I, you know, I just kind of make, instead of me looking like, you know, the... The, uh, the warrior of, you know, um, Pyro and whatnot, and I'm just kind of flailing my arm around. <laughs> you kind of just look like a fool. If somebody was watching me in the room as I'm struggling with my my right arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that with the controls. I have to say my, uh, my biggest... My biggest complaint about this game overall is the controls. I have spent days going back and forth. I know Matt and Rusty both have heard me say, I'm switching to the motion controls. I'm tired of these buttons. And then 10 minutes later, man, I'm switching back to button controls. I'm tired of these mo And then I'm, yeah, I just get fed up with it. And I'm like, man, no, I'm going back to the motion controls. Because when I'm in combat, I can't use the camera and I can't turn around. And I've kind of found a happy medium with the, motion, or with the button controls now. Um, I just have to sacrifice that camera. I think Honestly, the the button controls wouldn't even be so bad if it wasn't for the fact that you have to hold the left bumper to move the camera. Move yeah, around. yeah. And when yeah. I'm in combat, how am I supposed to do that when <laughs> I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to look around? But the same button that you use to turn the camera is, or the same stick that you use to turn the camera is the one you use to fight with. So a lot of times yeah. I'll be holding like just, I'm just holding the left bumper just out of, you know, just out of habit now because I'm constantly turning the camera whenever I'm running around doing stuff. And then I get in the combat and I forget that I'm holding that left bumper and I'm like, why is he swinging his sword? <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, though, I'm actually having a lot more fun with this game than I originally did on the Wii. On the Wii, I quit about halfway through because I just... I couldn't do the motion controls. Even as a kid, it was not fun playing a 20 to 30 hour campaign, standing up, swinging my arms around. Like, it's fun. It, it was definitely fun for party games. And I feel like the Wii was mainly for, you know, a, a console that was for games that you don't play, you know, six, seven hours at a time on. And Zelda games are generally games that you play for six, seven hours at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, and yep. it just, it was not fun with the motion controls, but the button controls, as bad as they are, I have found my medium with them and this game is a lot more enjoyable than it originally was. Yeah, we've, we've had these talks already before. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll get Matt here involved as well. Cause Matt's heard me say this. And I think, I think we're all in agreement that it, it sometimes feels like in this game, it feels like Nintendo said, okay, so y'all don't like the motion controls. Y'all didn't like that, so we're going to give you the crappiest or just about the crappiest button control setup 
uh, possible, humanly imaginable. This is terrible. And the thing is, and what I hate about it is that even with the motion controls, you know, Kyle, you bring up the point of, oh, I don't want to stand up for this many hours and do this. Sitting down, the motion controls are not that much better. <laughs> they really don't function that much better when you're sitting down. They still function about as bad. So, um, but and this is where I do want to get Matt's take because I think that and Kyle, we had this we had this heart to heart a few days ago when we talked about this when we said that you know respectfully I'm not a Legend of Zelda fan so I maybe didn't have the greatest opinion going into this game. You openly have said you didn't like Skyward Sword mainly because of the motion controls. And that maybe we went into this game with a more of a negative mindset or more of a skeptical mindset, I guess we'll say. Um, I know Matt went in as really the positive, as the positive one here. So I think, Matt, that we can agree that when you get past the button controls, when you get past the controls in general, the fact that you can't move the camera around without holding left bumper, which... I've never seen a game ever have any kind of control like that, but whatever. Uh, when you get past all that, I feel like there is a good game here. Yes, Nintendo actually, I will say, improved upon the original outside of the motion controls, but I wanted to point out with this game that it's very clean because if you play the original Wii version, you remember the UI was probably one of the ugliest UI in a Zelda game I've ever seen where the layout of the Wii remote was on the right side of the screen at all It's times. that bad? It was very distracting, yeah. It was... It just was there, and it was just ugly, and it took away from it took away from the scenery, honestly. Oh um, yeah. And then they finally fixed the whole when you uh, attain an item on the Wii version. Every time you would get out from the game and start it back up, you ran into the item. You would get like a little mini scene that was introducing what the item is with the description, and it constantly was doing that. They fixed that with the Switch version, so now it's like not so much of a, a hassle picking up an item and just sitting there and being like, yeah, I read this already. Why are we doing this again? Like, Nintendo, they acknowledged it originally, too, but, you know, it was kind of too late, and the Wii didn't exactly have the kind of firmware updates to fix things like this like we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I didn't notice is just how much smoother this game is because the original being on the Wii, yes. was probably, the Wii was a very weak console at the time. It was going up against the, the, the PlayStation 3 and the 360, so... Nintendo, this was the swan song of the Wii, honestly. This was the game that was going to define the generation of the Wii. And that's why Nintendo went all out by giving us motion controls, because they introduced the Wii Motion Plus, which was supposed to give you the sense of, you know, a one-to-one uh, controls. But I, I recall when they first announced the game, there was a lot of issues going on at at the E3 where we saw the controls and everything for the first time to the mm-hmm. point where on stage the presenter said to the audience, can you turn your Wi-Fi off? So we were promised this type of, you know, this new kind of gameplay, which I remember when the game came out, the reviews were praising it like 10 and out of nowhere. Like IGN gave it a 10, uh, several places gave it a 10. And I think there was just that hype that went with a game like Zelda where you had dreamed about being able to do a one-to-one combat with the sword, like with the Master Sword, because a lot, you know, a lot of Zelda fans, this was a dream come true, but it was botched. And it, it's very unfortunate to see that with the Switch version. They had all this time to really get it down. And I honestly felt like had, instead of holding the uh, left uh, left bump, bumper trigger um, to use as your sword, I felt like they should have replaced, the, uh, replaced it with, for the uh, control of the camera. So instead of holding the uh, L button to use the camera, use that for the sword, because in a game like this, camera control is the most important thing. 
mm-hmm. enemies behind you, mm-hmm. or you're doing a part on in the dungeon that has you having to go like across, across a tightrope, or just like you know, in any like difficult situation, I, you need to be able to have full control of the camera. So sacrificing that for the sword uh, was a little bit of a was a bit of a bummer. But they did improve on other things with the button controls that uh, the motion controls had. Which was controlling your uh, controlling your your bird. God, what's the name of those things? Skylaw. That's the uh, loft wings. Yeah, the loft wings. Loft yeah, wings. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Skylaw. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been a long day. It's okay. you? <laughs> the loft wing. They fixed that. I'm already excited because one of the problems I had with motion controls in the original was the swimming. Which, thank God, the button controls will fix that as well. But. And also, they definitely improved with the frame rate. Being on the Switch, it's running at a solid 60 FPS, which I'm very impressed by. Uh, the game doesn't look as much of a watercolor as the original did, but it still is a, still a beautiful game, but uh, with very ugly character models. And that's something that Rusty and I both <laughs> talked about. Like these Nightmares. are some monster, monstrous looking like mm. people. But that's that's um, overall how I feel. They haunt my nightmares, the character models do. I swear, the first time I saw Groose, I think I just about uninstalled the game. <laughs> I just about uninstalled the game. After seeing that, I was like, oh, you're going to be that character in this game. i got to deal with you the entire time. Great. Um, but no, I think you touched on a lot of good things there. I think that, again, you get past the controls. There's a good game here, I think. I think that, you know, story-wise... I- I mean, I'm still, I feel very early in the game. I just finished the second Temple, you know, Tuesday. So I, I'm i not very far into it. I played about eight hours. Uh, I don't know how this compares to other stories in The Legend of Zelda. I mean, one thing, the one thing I know as someone who doesn't know a lot of Zelda is that I know that every game is somewhat of a standalone, that obviously, you know, there's, you know, they're all tied together somehow, but they're all separate entities and that you don't have to necessarily have played the previous game to know what's going on here. So, um, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of performance. I think that the game runs incredibly well. I think that if you die in this game, it's not because the game lags at any point. It's not like Monster Hunter Stories 2 on the Switch where there's pop-in galore and you sometimes get single-digit frame rates on the Switch. It's it's not like that at all. I mean, oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, it's the, the horror stories are real, Daniel. Trust me. <laughs> but, oh, man. But, man, I was actually looking at that. <laughs> well, PC, it's fantastic. We can get into that, into that another episode. But on the Switch, yeah, yeah it's kind of rough. Um but yeah, I think Matt, especially what I love what Matt said about the color palette, really, because it, I think that this game is very aesthetically pleasing to look at when you look at the color palette. You look at how bright everything is, and it doesn't feel washed out. And I like that. I like that for older games. Sometimes older games don't really age very well. I think that's the case with a lot of games from the Wii from the Wii era. A lot of games don't really age very well. Um, did this game age gracefully? Maybe not, but it didn't age poorly. So it's somewhere it's somewhere in in the middle. It didn't age like milk, but it also didn't age like wine. So uh, the biggest negative that I can think of, though, and I think this is where the bulk of the discussion the rest of this episode is going to go, um, we have to talk about the price point of this game because oh, boy. that is the <laughs> biggest issue with this game, and it's an issue that Kyle and I have done full episodes on. Uh, I say episodes, we've done, I think, three. This will be the third time we've mentioned it in an episode, I'm pretty sure. This problem with Nintendo. Um, but just for reference, let's go back into a time machine, back to, what, 2011 when this game first came out? You got the soundtrack, the game, and a really nice Wii controller 
for $70 in one bundle. And that's that's a fantastic deal. Fantastic deal right there. 2021, if you want, if you're a Legend of Zelda fan and you want, I guess what we could call the definitive Skyward Sword uh, experience here, you got to pay 60 for the game, another 80 for the Joy-Cons, and then if you happen to be a collector, another 30 for the Amiibo. And uh, that all comes out to about $180 before you factor in tax. So you're looking at almost $200 for people that are big fans that are big collectors. And um, Nintendo's had a pricing problem with their games for a while. It's obviously been beaten to death that Nintendo games never go on sale until years after their release. Whereas a game like God of War uh, goes on sale, you know, six months after release. And is $20, you know, a year later after being 60 and being one of the best games on that system. So, Kyle, um, I'm going to start with you because I know this is a very contentious point with you. So I'm going to go to Kyle. Daniel, I want you to go after him. And then Matt will close off with you. I I want your thoughts and honesty on what, why you think this game was priced at 60 And give me your answers even though I think I know what all three of you are going to say. So, Kyle, go on ahead, bro. Well... I think that with Nintendo, for whatever reason, they do not like doing actual remasters of their games. They do these HD ports, and they know that for if they never remaster these games, and then a decade later they come out with just an HD port, just do a little, just just a little bit. They can sell it for sixty dollars because we have been starving for this game for any of these games from the, this era that we grew up in when Sony's out here remastering mastering and completely remaking games. Microsoft is out here remastering and remaking games. And nothing from Nintendo. And so when they, when they drop these ports, everybody loses their minds because it's something from our childhood from Nintendo. And I think it's honestly them abusing the nostalgia factor instead of just giving us real remakes that are worth $60, they know that they can get away with just enough because they never do this. They never do these. And so it, it's it's kind of awful, but they know that they're going to get money out of it because... <laughs> what was that terminology? Kind of awful? That's funny. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awful. But... It's kind of awful. <laughs> it's kind of awful. Like, I get it on a sense of money, but... It's not really taking care of your fans, and it doesn't make me really like mm-hmm. uh, the people behind the decisions. I completely agree with that. Uh, actually, you brought up a really good point by saying uh, HD ports and whatnot. Because um, as far as I can go, uh, really, <laughs> I have this, you know, I haven't really noticed, but yeah, that's pretty much all they've been putting out. I mean, the last, like, I guess you could say, like, Real like remasters of these games like that, like Super Mario sixty four or you know Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Those were all on the DS, and that was kind of more so like just in your little handheld thing. But I kind of considered the Switch more like a home console sort of thing. But you I mean I, I use it a lot for portable as well. But uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right because there's there is a notable difference in like you know how the how it performs and like a little bit of how 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 um how it looks, but Skyward Sword, I don't know about it being $60 for this. This was a, <laughs> this is pretty much, this is essentially the same game yeah. from back, what, 2011, right? Mm-hmm. So 10 years later, you're just paying $60 a 
again just to play the same game and to get frustrated again with the bunch of controls. <laughs> and uh, like you said, Rusty, uh, that was a whole entire steal back then. Like seventy dollars to get the game yeah. and the soundtrack, all that phenomenal. And the controller great, that came know? with it too. Yeah, that golden like with oh, the yeah. Triforce logo on it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the controller like fantastic. Now these Joy Cons, um, oh man, <laughs> they, they're one. They're already really like hard, hard to come by, but they're already just at a ridiculous price. Uh, for them to just kind of you know, I'm just saying, Nintendo. Uh, I think I think you guys already understand the problem right now with the with the you know stick drift. <laughs> So if my Zelda stick drifts are gonna start messing up like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame you there at all. Yeah, and um, I know Kyle and I do uh, definitely do get amiibos and stuff. Uh, any Zelda amiibo, uh, we really like looking at each other like, oh, it, it's out, you know, it's coming out, and we are, but, but we can't. <laughs> this this one, from what I know, I don't have it yet. Uh, th- from this one, I know at least this one is freaking huge. Yes. <laughs> It's massive. So I guess I can understand a little bit of the price there just because of how humongous it is. And it is actually a, a really nice looking thing. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 that Amiibo is actually really pretty. All those other Amiibos actually, I think, are just a lot more prettier than like most of the other ones. <clears throat> Real. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I, I agree with Kyle. Uh, I think they really just started trying to chime in on the whole nostalgia factor. And uh, they just know that people are just going to get it. Like the whole, uh, like, you know, back to Mario, the whole 3D thing. Well, that is three games. Uh, nothing special has really been done to it. And nope. they kind of just pulled it off uh, as a collection. And now they're all separately at $60. So that means I'm playing Super Mario 64. A game from the 90s uh, is $60 again. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to pin out this right quick. When it comes to Nintendo, they are my favorite company, but they're also the one that like annoys me the most because they know what they're sitting on. They know what kind of value that their, you know, old releases they have. Because like as I mentioned, with when Metroid uh, Dread was announced, people were going all over the place trying to figure out how to get the old games to play them because they're on all these different consoles, handhelds that you can't get anymore for you know a good decent price like people are overselling these games and i feel like i'm honestly surprised when skyward sword was announced nintendo said that this wasn't going to be a re- limited release i was expecting that what they did with mario like i was expecting to say that uh you know skyward sword will be available for about a year and then it's going to be off the shelf like they did with the uh three collection and my frustration with Nintendo is the fact that they know that a lot of their first-party games are seeked out, and like, look at GameCube games being resold. People are spending hundreds of dollars just on a copy of Super Smash Brothers Melee. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't even bothered to look at what people were selling the original Wii version of Skyward Sword for. But you know, th- this game was definitely not justified being sixty in this day and age. Um, we got companies who are releasing full remasters of games like. Final Fantasy VII Remake was like probably the biggest remake I have seen from its original release. And Miyamoto has gone on to record saying that he does not believe in remaking his games, being Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, um, and now Skyward Sword. They didn't even do it really with Twilight Princess or Wind Waker. They were the same games, just, you know, added the, uh, the HD to it. So it's very frustrating that Nintendo has this power over the gamers. And it's, you know... 
we'll sit here every day and we'll talk about it, but I mean, we're still going to go out and get the next game because Nintendo first party games are this type of, you know, high quality that we don't really see in other places. There's something addictive about the gameplay, not so much the fact that, you know, I'm not saying that games from Sony or Microsoft or any of those third party developers don't compare to Nintendo's games because, I mean, Sony's first party is on another type of level, but it definitely hits in that nostalgia factor for a lot of Nintendo gamers, old and new. Because, you know, a lot of new gamers, they play Smash Brothers, seeing these characters for the first time, they want to play the games that we grew up with and get their opportunity to experience, like, these first-party games that just had this, you know, place in our hearts, especially Nintendo gamers from the 90s. Like, I'll probably constantly continue to buy whatever Nintendo releases, and I'm part of the problem. I super acknowledge that. And a release later on this year that we're seeing the same thing happen as the diamond and pearl remakes. Am I excited for them? Yes, because I get to play them on a new system. That's, and I don't have to dig out my old uh, Nintendo DS and 3DS to play these games. So I'm, I'm very excited for the remasters. Are they lazy from what it looks like? Yes, they're very are, are much lazy. And like this 3d thing that they're trying to do with the sprites is, is it does not compare to uh, the, the sprites that we got on the DS that were not this, this, uh, artistic look to them they're just kind of these ugly 3d models that look like something that fisher price would sell us toys on the line <laughs> 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 they really look like that these chibi versions of these characters literally look like the little people's toy line from fisher price like <laughs> um and um i i wish that they had done something where they could have packaged these joy cons with the game um, maybe keep it at a little bit of a higher price because I know Joy-Cons, they make they make so much money off of Joy-Cons, especially because of the drift issue, which I'm keeping my fingers crossed I don't experience that in a game like this because, you know, I'm not going to... I don't want Link to start flinging a sword around everywhere like he's got some kind of, like, brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he was on mine. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I mean, I've always be very critical to Nintendo. It's just because I know that they have the opportunity. They they have the plays. You know, they're like you know top of the line when it comes to like when you ask a gamer what they what they're looking forward to. They're always wondering when's the next Nintendo Direct because we are excited for what Nintendo has to announce, even if it's going to end up being a remake. Because I've I've already said this before. I'm 100% sure the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD collection is coming. Um. But it's, you know, it's just a matter of waiting on those things. But we know what we're going to get. It's not going to be a remake. It's going to basically be the, the Wii U versions of these games, you know, switched over to, wow, that actually works out very well as a pun. <laughs> so, <laughs> it'll be switched up. over. It'll be switched oh, over. Oh, man. Switch to play. And I think that's fantastic. Like, I would love it if the Switch was the handheld console hybrid thing where we can play anything Nintendo has released in the past and what they release in the future, like keep, keep this, this, this medium uh, going, what they have, and just continue to build on its, its library. I would perfectly fine with it if that was Nintendo's future. Well, Matt, I, uh, I looked it up while you were talking. I promise I was listening still, but I just wanted to check to see what Skyward Sword on the Wii was going for on, like, roughly eBay. And pre-owned, it's going for, like, 30 40 50 bucks, a little bit overpriced. Uh, sealed, <laughs> I just sent this screenshot to all of you just now. There is a graded, sealed version of that collector's box listed for $40,000. $40,000. I still have that Wii remote somewhere. <laughs> like that is that is if if you need to know how Nintendo's getting Nintendo games age in the market, 
there you go. <laughs> but yeah. but I, again, I think a lot of it, it just goes back to, you know, if they had priced this game at 30, I think that could have been more palatable. I would have been much Great. more okay with paying $30 for this versus 60. 60, because I, I, to be completely honest, I want to beat this game because I've never beaten a Zelda game. And don't worry, Breath of the Wild is very much next on my list. But I don't see much of a reason to go back and replay it. And that's the biggest thing is if I want to pay sixty dollars or seventy now, you know, for for next gen more next gen games, uh, I want replayability. I mean, Rift Apart had that, you know, back when it came out because I played through it four times, so it had replayability for me, and it was able to justify that price tag. So that's what it comes down to. It doesn't make this a bad game, but Nintendo. It's frustrating because they know people are going to buy what they put out. I'm pretty sure Matt went went and went hard on that, and and that's the truth. Ultimately, is that people don't vote with their money nowadays. They complain, and then they go ahead and they buy the game anyways. And I'm always been I've always been a uh, a supporter of the idea of buy what you want. You know, pay the money that you want. If you want to pay that money for it, go ahead. Um, I don't think this game is worth sixty dollars though. It's worth thirty. And like I said, get past the controls, probably a good game in there somewhere. And I've enjoyed what I've played of it so far. I know that I'll probably enjoy it more moving forward, even, you know, even, you know, after it sounds like we've complained a lot about this. But I think that there is something good here. It's just the fact that the controls suck. <laughs> it was not cheap. So, but if one good thing did come out of this, it's the fact that the Joy-Cons are beautiful and quite possibly are the best special edition Joy-Cons that have dropped, and I think we can all agree on that so far. But that is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at SideMissionPod and Side Mission Podcast on YouTube. For Kyle Lynch, Matt Beck, Daniel Piedra, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Side Mission Podcast. Keep up with new episodes and download your favorites in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.